passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Scott, which group of fans had the worst weekend? Well, I'll tell you one who, watching in person in Manhattan, didn't have a great weekend. That's Bill Snyder. Not only did they lose, they changed the jerseys or the helmets and lost. That might, he might be having something to say about that. I'm t- just saying, you honor the guy at halftime, but remove the power cap from the helmet. Not good timing. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, at Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at thedriveshow.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. And we will start things off with our two minute drill. And it is, of course, presented to you by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Well, Kansas State suffered its worst loss of the season Saturday when West Virginia came to Manhattan and earned a 24-20 victory over Coach Chris Kleiman's Wildcats, dropping them to 6-4 and four in the season. Fitz, how did the Mountaineers pull off this upset? They K-stated K-State. They came in and they lost almost every statistical category that you could look at. I mean, they, they didn't run the ball as well. They didn't throw the ball as well. They didn't win time of possession. They didn't have more big plays. They just won the game by having, actually, they had more penalties, strangely enough, but they didn't have the crucial penalties. K-State threw two turnovers. Those were very big in the game. Of course, the last play of the game for the Wildcats was a turnover. And they just kind of played a tighter game. They tackled better. They they uh, blocked better. Certainly, they blocked better. And it all just added up to a Mountaineer victory against a K-State team that should have won the game. They were sponsored, by, uh, sponsored, favored by nearly two touchdowns in this game. And yet, K-State scored only two touchdowns to start the first half and to start the second half in their first possessions. And after that, just two field goals scattered amongst, amongst a bunch of empty possessions. 
Yeah, it just wasn't a good day for the Wildcats. They just gave up too many big plays. Um, you know, a busted play that led to a touchdown where a receiver, I think, just magically appeared behind the K-State <laughs> coverage. Everyone went to cover one guy and forgot someone. If you forget someone, they're generally going to score a touchdown. And then, of course, the game ended on a really disappointing underthrow by Skylar Thompson, who had his a really pretty good game throwing the ball at 299 yards and just didn't get enough air under the last pass that Dalton shown. It's a bad loss. <clears throat> I mean, this is a West Virginia team that won at KU early in the season and hadn't won since. And they were really struggling coming into it. They just got waxed at home by Texas Tech. And they come in and they play a really clean, efficient game against the Wildcats, who didn't look motivated, and that's the most troubling. I was going to ask, what aspect of, of this game do you think is the most troubling? You had offensive lapses, you had it on the defensive end, yeah. too. Not enough precision. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing. If, if you're a K-State fan and you followed Bill Snyder, you've just kind of grown accustomed to, you know, being an efficient team, not having a bunch of silly penalties, and K-State had more silly penalties in this game that mm -hmm. really can be marked back to maybe the root of the defeat. So it's troubling. KU football used three different quarterbacks during Saturday's loss to Oklahoma State. Didn't seem to help much. Scott, what happened to Carter Stanley holding down that spot is the KU football offense broken and I'm mad at KU for the backdoor cover. <laughs> well, look, it, it was very different to start the game. I mean, it was shades of Coastal Carolina, the way KU was running into 10-man boxes, toss plays that were uh, obviously covered up and prepared for by Oklahoma State, and uh, yet Kansas still ran them. That's not the Brent Deerman offense, certainly what we've all heard, talked about, and, and what he's even said. It's about numbers, getting your guys in the most kind of efficient uh, places and positions where you have the numbers advantage, because it's always going to be somewhere, whether it's on the outside with one-on-one -on -one coverage, whether it's running inside against a box that's stacked. So uh, it was a little bit of a surprise to see that. And then, uh, like you alluded to, the biggest surprise was after halftime. Carter Stanley did not have a good first half. We we can put that out there. It's it's obvious. Anyone who watched it can tell. Now, obviously, Thomas McVitie came in and, and threw one interception on a trick play, uh, but that was one play. That was one pass. Manny Miles took over for the third quarter, and the KU offense went three and out, three and out, and then Manny Miles actually went three and out again. There was a penalty on the punt, so it moved the chains. He threw an interception later in the drive. Carter Stanley did not seem happy about that after the game on the post-game show or in interviews with the Lawrence Turner World's Benton Smith. Uh, I, I don't know how he would be happy about it. Both Les Miles and Carter Stanley, and even Brent Deerman for that matter, have talked about the importance of having one guy, of having one quarterback, uh, and putting all your confidence in him. They went the exact opposite direction. I was shocked they went to Manny Miles. You have Thomas McVitie, who will be back next year. You might want to see what you have in him. You have Miles Kendrick, who we heard looked pretty good in fall camp. You could throw him in the game. Tory Lachlan has been a guy who has earned snap, snaps this year. If you're going for a change of pace, if you're looking to mix it up, why not throw him in the game? I, I was very surprised to see Manny Miles, uh, son of Les Miles, obviously get that third quarter. Obviously, it didn't work out at all, and Carter Stanley came back in the fourth quarter through two touchdowns. Fitz, it shocked me. It's, it's disturbing. It is. It seems self-serving at this point. I'm just going to, if we're going to be bad, I'm just going to play my son and let him have some college memories. Yeah, and, and again, Manny Miles is a senior, so he's not back beyond this year. If, if you are looking for that change of pace, I, I don't know how you don't go to the guy who you said was neck and neck with Carter Stanley in the quarterback competition. I, I think there are, it's fair to ask some questions about that.
Yeah, well, uh, as it turns out in, in sports, if you're the seed of the loin, <laughs> you hold a big uh, advantage over all others, and we've seen it in other aspects. It's kind of frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, hi, Baylor. <laughs> Up 31-10 at halftime. Baylor was just 30 minutes away from moving to 10-0 with a victory over Oklahoma. National championship was right there, but then everything unraveled in the second half, and the Sooners rallied for a 34-31 victory. Now both teams are 9-1 on the season. What does this mean for the Big 12? Yeah, it, it, first of all, Baylor shocked me twice in this game because I was shocked they went up by as many points as they did, and then I was shocked they allowed Oklahoma to come back. Now, obviously, Oklahoma didn't have C.D. Lamb in this game, so you don't know how it affected them. You don't know when they knew they weren't going to have him if they thought maybe we're going to get this guy or if earlier in the week they had a pretty good indication. But uh, all of that to be said, this was a game where Baylor was in complete control and could have put its foot down and said to anyone who is Doubting the Baylor Bears, this is who we are, 28-3, to uh, just like the Falcons, I guess, in the Super Bowl. And I think the Falcons actually had a pretty funny tweet about it. Uh, but, no, I, I, I don't know if this is good for the Big 12 in terms of maybe Oklahoma gets into the playoff con uh, conversation now. But uh, it's tough for Baylor because a dominating win would have, I mean, it would have put Baylor in a position to basically win out and get into the playoffs. So uh, I don't know where it goes from here. Well, uh, I think this pretty much locks up the fact that the Big 12 only get one team into the New Year's Day six bowls. In all likelihood, unless there's a bunch of stuff that happens out there, maybe a 10-2 and two Baylor team or 11-2 and two or whatever they'll be at that mm -hmm. point will sneak in. They both their losses to Oklahoma. I don't know. But in all likelihood, uh, the Big 12 will get their one team in. Oklahoma will kind of be on the fringe of that conversation for that fourth playoff spot as we sit here today, especially with what happened uh, in at Alabama. So we'll see how this plays out. But the conference is looking like it's going to get seven teams bowl qualified. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. That other spot would have been nice, so everyone yeah. moved up a spot in bowls. Let, let me ask you this question. Today is whatever day it is. I could not even hazard a guess. It's November. I can tell you that much. Who's the second best team in the Big 12? I, it's Baylor, but mm -hmm. uh, they're not that good. I don't think the Big 12 is very good. I think it's... It's pretty simple. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to me that uh, Oklahoma will still be in the conversation with a loss to a team that might end up with six or seven wins. Yeah. And that, in some senses, that should kind of disqualify you. But it's the playoff, and they're Oklahoma. And being Oklahoma counts more than being <laughs> anyone else other than Texas in the conference. That's how it works. Mm. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Filman 11, your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Well, uh, last week's question was, after the injury to Jalen Wilson, should Bill Self consider removing Mitch Lightfoot's red shirt? Uh, answers A, yes, 20% right away. B, yes, but only if the team struggles. That was the winner, 60%. 20% saying no. That's, that's good. That's what I would have voted. You <laughs> smart people. This week's question is this. Kansas State has lost two games in a row to drop to 6-4 and four on the season with two games to play at Texas Tech and Iowa State in Manhattan. So here's the question. That's a big setup, man. <laughs> what will the Wildcats' record be at season's end? Will they lose two more and end up 6-6, six and six, go 1-1 one and, one and be 7-5, or sweep these two games and end up 8-4? and four? Vote at thedriveshow.com. Well, that will do it for this half of the two minute drill but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the drive. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back to the drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill and of course the two-minute drill is sponsored by hula hands they're still expecting you now let's eat let's just all go after the show share or during you want to go right? Nope. That'd be cool, actually. We'll just eat some hula hands, and you can watch us eat. That'll be the whole show. Yeah, make it happen. Okay, very good. Right. Well, in the meantime, while we wait for the food, K-State has trailed at halftime and yet won all three of its games, including beating Monmouth on Wednesday by 19 points. Fitz, can you sum up this K-State basketball team so far? They like taking three-pointers. Mm-hmm. They don't like <laughs> making three-pointers. That's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. They are now, I believe the number is, one of 32 in the first half from three-point range. I don't know if you guys know math, but that's pretty stinking bad. They scored 16 points at UNLV in the first half and ended up winning. They've trailed both North Dakota State and Monmouth, or Monmouth, if you want to have a, you know, like a Bond villain thing going on here. Um, They just don't look good, but it's going to be okay. This is a team where even the older guys are in completely new roles now, and the younger guys all have a great deal of promise. They just need to figure it out. So right, Bruce Weber's a really good coach. He'll get them in a better situation. And honestly, what should be encouraging right now is they're not pulling a pit and losing to a team you should beat. You know, that happens all the time, and it's happened to K-State in the past. They are finding a way to come back and win, and even after trailing at halftime against Monmouth, they really did take it to them in the second half. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. I think some of these freshmen really need to step up and, and add another layer to this team. Uh, but Montavious Murphy uh, is good inside and out. He's a really good 4-3 type player for this team. And, and of course, Dejuan Gordon is going to be pretty good at some point. A lot of difference between playing college basketball and high school basketball or junior college basketball in the, court, in the case of uh, point guard David Sloan. But they'll get there. It's just going to be a process, and it may not be a great season. They might flirt with the bubble, or they may not make it to the flirting with the bubble. I'm not sure, but I know this. The future is bright. These three players out of high school, the freshmen, are very promising. In case they've backed it up with another good recruiting class. I think in some ways the future two, three years down the road for K-State basketball is as bright as ever under Beach mm-hmm. Weber, and he's won two Big 12 championships. Looking at it this year, more concern based off what you've seen or promise for how good the team could get? 
Uh, promise. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not concerned right now. I think they will get there, and I think it's just a matter of time working out the kinks. And, you know, they've got some road trips here to go on some tournaments and do some other things, and they'll just keep working it out. Mm-hmm. Last year's team won a Big 12 title and went 0-3 in non-conference true road games. They went to UNLV and won, so that's a nice little step. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, KU basketball absolutely destroyed Monmouth, a team that gave K-State some trouble. The Jayhawks won by a mere 50 points. Should have been 52, let's be honest, or 53, I don't even know. Scott, what was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? I think it ended up being 55 after technical free throws. I don't even and know, yeah. No, the biggest takeaway is, yeah, Kansas can still look pretty good even without Jalen Wilson, even with Mitch Lightfoot redshirting, even playing too big most of the time. That was the case in this game. And, you know, I found it interesting. Bill Self mixed up his starting lineup. Silvio De Sosa started the first half. And at several points, I saw him affecting the action by uh, with his rim protection, with his energy. I looked at the box score at half time. He had two points and two rebounds. I think he was close to the team lead and plus minus. He was on the court when they went up 26-4 to start the game. He didn't need necessarily to be scoring a bunch of points or pulling down a bunch of rebounds to affect the game in that way. And then in the second half, he comes out and scores the first eight points of the period for KU. He hit a three-pointer. He actually missed a free throw or would have been nine. Uh, I thought this was the best game Silvio De Sosa has played in years. I mean, since the Duke NCAA tournament game, and he did it playing next to Yudoka Azubuki which has been one of the major concerns for this team. How can Kansas look with two bigs? How can they do it guarding a four-guard team? Now, obviously, Monmouth didn't run a bunch of screens, ball screens that have given KU at trouble uh, at times this year, but really, really promising stuff, at least what I saw from the two bigs. And then Isaiah Moss was kind of the other part of this because he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. And to see him come out, I think he scored 21 points in 15 minutes, hit five threes, and then went inside in the second half, hit a bunch of free throws. He can unlock this Kansas offense. And it sounds kind of silly to say that about one player. He's a three-point shooter. He's one guy out of five on the court, one guy out of 10, if you think about it with both teams. But the way he shoots the ball, it adds a whole other element to this team. Didn't matter if he was covered. Didn't matter if he was wide open. Uh, Isaiah Moss can shoot the ball. He's this team's best shooter. And look, Ochai Abaji struggled. I think he was one of nine from the field. Kansas offense didn't miss a beat. I, yeah. I think that's what it looks like when everyone else is working. If you've got bigs that can score and an outside shooter like that that can stretch defense, you're set up pretty well. Yeah. And then I, I love your point. You, to be a big man, you don't need points and rebounds to be an important part of the game. If you take away the lane from the other the team, you've had a big impact. Energy bothers people. A lot of guys don't know how to deal with it when there is a massive strong athletic person just in the way at all times a lot of teams just don't have anyone who can match up hypothetically speaking if you could dunk a basketball (laughs) would you steal the ball from the opposing team trying to run out the clock and dunk it and then get a technical i me personally yes but maybe you wouldn't like to see that if you're a college player. Bill Self did say, by the way, he had no problem with the end-of-game sequence. He actually said they've been on Tristan Anaruna, the freshman who was dribbling it. They said he's been a little too casual. Hopefully this teaches him a lesson. Very good. Now, let's step out of bounds. If that wasn't out of bounds enough, well, alternate helmets were the big talk this week with Kansas State football even showing up on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. Uh, the Wildcats, for the first time since 1988, played a game without the power cat on the side of their helmet. The athletics department brought back the cat script logo that was used only in the 0-11 season in 1988. So Fitz, does the sticker on the side of the helmet even matter? Wait, beyond Twitter. No, no, it's been a fun topic conversation. But I'm going to just say it this way. 
if you ever have had a pair of lucky socks, a t-shirt, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, underwear, I know you guys do, <laughs> and you've worn it to a game, knowing with your logical brain that that has absolutely no relevance to the outcome of the game, and yet your team won, so you did it the next week. That's kind of the opposite version of what this logo means to K-State fans that went through that 0-11 season. What did that 0-11 season feel like? The average score was 44-15. On average, that team lost by four touchdowns. Yeah. So that kind of puts in perspective that it was just a miserable, dreadful season. And older generation of K-Stairs really did never want to see that logo again. Here it was, it was the one brought back. Most of us aren't against. I'm certainly not against altering the helmets. I'm all for it. I would prefer to see the power cut on the helmet, but if you're going to remove it, not that logo. Mm -hmm. now, now, just maybe there's some bad mojo around it. I don't know, but, yeah. you know, it, why test fate? And fate was tested, and they probably had no outcome <laughs> on the game, but they lost. Vote of a guy who lives in Lawrence. I thought it looked cool. It's a cool little logo. I understand. They sold a lot of merchandise. Good yeah. for them. Lost a football game. Now, let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is, Scott, I'm trying to think of some Kansas, some of Kansas' best ever shooters. Where does Isaiah Moss rank on that list from this vast body of work you have seen so yeah. far? Well, look, he's a great shooter, 40% from three his last year at Iowa, and again, I think five of six from three. Uh, hard to put him up there yet with a guy like Svi Mikhailuk, Devontae Graham. You have Brandon Green, LeGerald Vick. You don't necessarily get into the Bill Self's favorite players fan club when you get into the elite three-point shooters fans clubs, but uh, beside the point, he's definitely up there. If he can play like Svi did, and I think Svi set the single season three-point record at KU, uh, fans will love him. Uh, and for a long time, even though he only played, you know, one year since he is a senior. Thank you, Mike and Speaker, for that question. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now it's time to look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Remember to make your weekly predictions over at thedriveshow.com. And thanks to Vanderbilt, I'm getting a boot in the you know what in the picks this year. I'm back to being bad. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went two and one. And Scott and I went one and two. Scott got his win with KU scoring late. A lucky fourth down touchdown. Backdoor it's, cover for calling it. It's just how it works. Mm -hmm. That's how why you shouldn't gamble on sports, kids. <laughs> just how they drew it up. Yep. Now here's this week's picks. And we start with Texas, uh, a five-point underdog at Baylor. I owe Baylor an apology. I bet against them every week. I'm wearing my green for them. I'm taking Baylor. I'll take Baylor, too. I think they're pretty good. It's not good enough. Uh, the next is Kansas, a 23-point underdog at Iowa State. Will the Cyclones win by 24 or more, or more points against the Hawks? I'll take Kansas. I'm going to take Kansas, too. I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> not falling for it. Our last game of the week is, of course, K-State at Texas Tech. We made it a straight-up pick. You say? Uh, Kansas State, not feeling great about that, but I'll go Kansas State. I'll go Tech, just to be different. I hate to do that. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. Uh, I don't feel good about that at all. I want to get, get some hate mail. That's fine. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. And on the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. 
buy local for a strong local community and we start with Mr. Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Well, early signing period is open for uh, basketball teams, and KU basketball signed its first five-star recruit since the 2018 class when they signed a couple of them in Quentin Grimes and Devon Dotson. Now, uh, the 2019 recruiting cycle brought with it no top 50 prospects for Kansas, and they also didn't need a huge class considering what they had coming back, but it was important for them to land a guy in Bryce Thompson, even though, yes, there were familial ties that uh, helped him end up in Kansas. His father played for Bill Self and Norm Roberts at Tulsa, still for a program dealing with a notice of allegations from the NCAA. It's a big deal to get a five-star player in. Other prospects aren't going to look at that and say, well, his dad was this guy and here's how he played. No, they're going to look at that and say, well, hey, Kansas is still getting five-star prospects. Maybe I should go there. Big deal for Kansas. Well, it was, it was a good class. K-State, by the way, signed four guys. I love the class. A true seven-footer, a point, a shooting guard, and a small forward. A great collection of players for the Wildcats. One more thing on the helmet. Let's just go back to the power cap <laughs> for the rest of the year. Let's go back to a silver helmet. K-State lost in both the white helmets. It's not that I really believe it has any point of the outcome of the game. Mm. Why tempt fate? Just go back to the silver helmet. Let's talk about this next year when they have better players, more players, <laughs> more experience in the system. Just yeah. why? I think KU had a thing with basketball with red jerseys for a little bit where they didn't wear them. I, they did once, but it took Devontae Graham Green to come back for his senior year. I say we all meet at my house, have a big bonfire, the Cats logo. Scott will bring the drinks. Sounds like a I'm good in. deal. I'm in for this. Yep. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you here next week and all week on social media. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.